So tonight we're just going to continue in our series, uh, The Best Sermon Ever, The Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we, we started in the beginning of May, and we're carrying it over into June. And we're just going to continue on. The scripture we're using for this series is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. Uh, we're using the Message Bible version. And it says, when Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. He says, they had never heard teaching like this. It says that the people were so excited by the teaching. It says something they've never heard before. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. The things that Jesus was speaking, the things that Jesus was teaching, the people could see that he was living everything that he was saying. It was quite a contrast to the religious teachers. You know, the religious teachers would tell him to live one way, but they would live another. And he says this was the best teaching that they ever heard. Uh, when I was given the topic for, for this, this month and uh, in, in, in the scriptures we're going to uh, be using, I looked at, you know, I, I came across a phrase that go, ties into to, uh, this sermon. And it, it, it's the phrase called a worry wart. You know, a worry wart is, is someone who worries needlessly. When somebody says, oh, stop being a worry wart, a worry wart is someone that's always worrying and it's for no reason at all. There's just no justifiable reason. They're just always worries about everything. And Jesus begins to address this. Brother Manny uh, it spoke last month, and he, he finished off with uh, storping your treasures in heaven. And then Jesus continues here, and he addresses this in Matthew chapter 6, and verse 25. I want to start here. And Jesus says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. He's telling us not to worry. He says, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, and aren't you more valuable than they are? He's saying, aren't you more valuable than the birds? And God takes care of the birds. He says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? He says, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. See, then if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and are thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? He says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, has already, or your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He says, seek the kingdom of God by... Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He says, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. See, God doesn't want us to be a worry wart, someone that's just constantly worrying about so many things. He says that he talks about, you know, you're worrying about what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. And Jesus doesn't want us to be that worry, worry wart where we're just constantly consumed with, with, with worry and, and all these things. He wants us to trust him. One of the ways, as I was looking up the worry warts, because that phrase came to me, and I looked at, you know, the warts and the worry warts, not worry warts, but warts, and the ways to get rid of warts. And there was two ways that I found that, 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 that kind of ties in what I want to talk about. He says, the first one was through electrosurgery, and the other one was laser surgery. And what they did is they would burn the warts off. You got warts, and you go in, and they could do electrosurgery or uh, a laser surgery, and they would burn off those warts. Tonight, I titled this message, Burn Off the Worry Warts. In verse 25, 
Jesus says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. When we look at our lives, what is it that has us so worried? What is it that we're constantly worrying about? You know, what is it that we, you know, find ourselves losing sleep? In verse 27, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? If you're constantly worrying, is it adding to your life? Is it making things better by worrying all the time? He says, can it add a single moment to your life? What worry does, it does more harm than good. I was looking up the effects of worry. Some of the effects of worrying, constant worrying, is, was disrupted sleep. Basically, people just can't sleep. They're just tossing and turning all night. They're worrying constantly. They're just thinking about whatever it is that, that's on their mind. They're, they're a worry wart, and it, it's just, it just constantly, and they find themselves deprived of sleep. And what it does is it turns into exhaustion. People become exhausted because they're not sleeping at night. They got to go to work, go to school, whatever it is, or just, you know, spend time with the family, and they're exhausted. It says it causes many headaches, that people are just constantly having headaches because they're tossing and turning, not sleeping. They're exhausted, they're getting headaches, and they're having difficulty concentrating. You ever get into this place where you're just so worried about something that you're at work and you can't even concentrate on your job? You're with your kids and you might be in an outing with your family and you can't even enjoy what's going on because you're just constantly worried. See, there's a difficulty concentrating. There's irritability. You become irritable. And many times it all leads to depression. When Jesus was bringing the Sermon on the Mount, he does not want us to become a worry wart. He wants us to get rid of all worries in our life. That's why he says, don't worry about everyday life. He says, don't worry about everyday life. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. In Matthew 6, he says, why do you have so little faith? And he says, if you're worrying about things that God, and he didn't say, but when you're worrying about things that God can take care of, what happens is we start to lose faith. When we realize and understand that, you know, God can take all care of all this. He says, that's why I'm telling you, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about these things. But he says, if we start doing that, and what happens, we start to lose faith. In Hebrews 11:6, 6, he says, it's impossible to please God without faith. It doesn't say it's hard to please God or it's kind of difficult. It says it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. If we are going to come to him, we must believe that he exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, when we're going to, if, if we're going to overcome the worry, we're going to have to start with faith. If we're going to be free from worry, it's going to take faith, a belief in God's word, and also a belief in his miracle working power. We see the story of Jesus as he's returning to his hometown in Nazareth. In Matthew 13, in verse 54, he says he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. He says when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and powers and miracles? He says, then they scoffed. They began to mock. They really demeaned him. He says, he's just a carpenter's son. Come on, he's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, all his sisters, they're right here amongst us. Where did he learn all these things? And it says that they were deeply offended and refused to believe him. That Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except his hometown and among his own family. And he said that he did only a few miracles because of their unbelief. 
Jesus asked the question again in Matthew, why do you have little faith? We can see the lack of faith is rooted in unbelief, where we begin to stop believing in God and and, and believing in his powers and his miracles because we're worried so much that we lose faith. We find ourselves alone, powerless, and that's when worry begins to creep in because we no longer are believing for God to, to get involved in our situation. We start losing faith, and that's when we begin to become a worry wart. It says they did few miracles because of their unbelief. And I believe it just started with one person that Barta said, who's this guy? Isn't he just this carpenter's son? And what happened, it just started to spread. Yeah, you're right. He knew his mom, he knew his brothers. And it started with the one just beginning to speak, beginning to, to just mock, beginning to, to begin to scoff him. And it began to spread amongst all the people. And it just you know, started with one. And it spread, and they began to say all these things negative about Jesus. And it says that they were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. It says that they did very few miracles because of that unbelief. See, when worry starts to take hold of us, many times we can speak ourselves right, ourselves right into unbelief. How's this going to happen, Lord? How are you going to do this? How is this going to take place? Because we don't see what God's doing, but we just start talking ourselves into just unbelief. You know, God, I, don't, I, I just don't see it happening, Lord. I don't see you working in this area. It, they're never gonna change, Lord. I just don't know, God. We start talking to others. Start as these people did. They start with one, and it just starts spreading and spreading. You start getting all this negative impact and negative uh, you know, in, input in your life, and all of a sudden, you stop believing, and you begin to lose faith. And those situations you're, you're facing, instead of believing God and saying, you know what, I know God can get involved, we begin to find ourselves worrying, begin to stop what God is doing. We see the story in Luke chapter 1 about Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. He was a priest that was working in the sanctuary. He was laboring in the house of God. And in verse 11, it says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you will name him John. He was John the Baptist. As you read the rest of that, uh, that chapter, there begins, he begins, the, the angel begins to tell him what John the Baptist is going to do, the, the things, how God's going to use him, how he's going to prepare the way for Jesus. And in Luke 19, as God says, hi, God is, or as the angels tell him, God has answered your prayer. You think Zechariah would be excited that, yes, Lord, God has answered my prayer. But in Luke 1.19, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man. My wife is along in years too. He didn't call her old, but she was along in her years too. He says, how can this happen? God says, God has heard your prayer. You're going to have a son. And what does he do? He says, how can this happen? The angel said in verse 19, I am Gabriel. He says, I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. God sent me to bring you good news. God came to let, sent me to tell you that God has heard your prayer and he's going to answer it. He says, but... Now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent, unable to speak until the child is born. 
God, the angel is saying, look, because you didn't believe. You were praying for this. You were believing God for a child, a son. And now you're going to begin to question it. God says, you won't be able to speak until this child is born. He says, my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. See, God silenced his unbelief. Gabriel said, my words are going to be fulfilled. These are straight from God. I stand in the presence of God. He sent me here to bring you good news. And now you're going to speak and you're going to question it? See, he didn't want him to hinder what God was about to do. Be going out and telling us, can you believe this? As old as I am, I'm going to have a kid. Can you believe my, look at my wife. You know, she's up in age. She's not old, but she's up in age. How are we going to have a kid? And it would have begun to spread and spread and spread where unbelief would have came in. See, God says, you know what? Quiet. Quiet. I don't want to hear another word from you. God is going to do exactly what he said. The very thing you pray for, God is going to bring to pass, but don't speak another word because you're going to just hinder what God's trying to do. Tell him, don't say another word. We see in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, God is giving them, the children of Israel, Jericho, and he instructs them to march around the city for six days one time, for six days, and on the seventh day, march around seventh, you're going to shout and the walls are going to come down. God gives this instruction. So Joshua begins to speak to the people in Joshua 6, verse 10. 